Hallelujah. Give him praise in the house. Hallelujah. Why don't you try that again and give him one more praise? Hallelujah. 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 Oh, glory, Lord, we just want you to be in charge of this service as you have already up to now. We want you to continue, Holy Spirit, to touch our hearts and touch our lives in a special and mighty way. We desire you, O oh God, to intervene in our problems, in our trials, in our difficulties, in our situations, Lord, that are going on in our homes, in our city, in our churches. Oh God, send your Holy Spirit today throughout this city, especially in this church building this morning, Lord, to touch and change hearts and lives according to your will and according to your purpose. Oh God, you are the source of our strength. You're the source of our help. You're the source of all ability we have spiritually. You, oh God, are the source through the Holy Spirit that indwells in our heart and in our life. God, take every word that I speak today and drive it home into hearts and lives of believers and unbelievers alike. Oh God, that we may live a prosperous and happy life in this world and until you come and call us home. We pray, Jesus, in your awesome and mighty name. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Lower my lights just a little bit. Um, that's good. Thank you. Isn't it wonderful to be in the house of God this morning? I know you miss Pastor already since you see that I'm up here. You know that he is not here. You probably already recognize that. And uh, we always miss him, but he is doing Pastor Appreciation today for one of his friend pastors and Sister Terry Brassfield. So we know she'll have a wonderful day today while Pastor is doing that. This morning, my message is not what I personally would choose to preach on Sunday morning. Uh, you know you like on Sunday morning to preach those messages that a lot of them TV preachers preach. Feel good all the way from your toes to your head. But this is not that kind of message unless, of course you apply it to your life and your heart, and then you can leave feeling good all the way from your toes to your head. This is one of them messages that is unusual to pastor, for a pastor to preach. Most of the time it's in a teaching atmosphere that a pastor likes to deal with this subject, but when pastor asked me to speak this morning, a week or so ago, Immediately, God started dealing with my heart before I even thought about what to preach, open my Bible or anything. God started dealing with my heart. I couldn't tell exactly what it was. I knew it had to do with today. 
And as I continued to pray and seek the Lord, He revealed to me the subject that in my spirit that I should deal with, waging spiritual warfare. Waging spiritual warfare. Families and individuals are in trouble today with spiritual warfare. It can come in all kinds of ways to Christian and sinner alike. Spiritual warfare. And it's not an easy subject to deal with, but God's going to help us. And He's going to move in our spirit. And we're going to preach this message that the devil don't like. And that's what I'm all about, is doing what the devil don't like. I'm not about doing anything he likes. I'm about doing what he don't like. James 5, verse 16, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Let's say that again. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. We have discovered that spiritual warfare is not just a prayer of rebuking a demon. That's not what spiritual warfare is. It is, though, a life lived. Spiritual warfare is a continuous life lived that you deal with this situation in your hearts and so in your lives. So we will find that everything we do either uh, aids the forces of darkness or repels it. Whatever we do, it'll do one or two things. It will aid the forces of darkness in our life or it will repel forces of darkness in our lives. We know that Satan has been defeated on our behalf. We know that as believers. We know that he has been defeated on our behalf. We're not the tail, we're the head. We're not beneath, we're above. As believers, as Christians. Ephesians said two and one, we were dead in trespasses and sins when Jesus found us. Every one of us had the same sickness, had the same disease, had the same death upon our life. And that was sin, sin. Ephesians uh, verse two, chap chapter two, verses six to seven, but he hath raised us up together and made us set in heavenly places. Not any place, but in Christ Jesus, that he might show the exceeding riches of his grace toward us. <clears throat> so a defeated Satan, a defeated Satan is effective only to the degree that we as God's people are sinning in our lives. He's only effective to the degree that we sin in our lives and live selfishly. If we are sinning against God, don't be surprised if darkness is in your life. 
Don't be surprised if difficulties are in your life. Don't be surprised if you're struggling with your finance, with your health, with all kinds of things if you're sinning against God. Ephesians 4.27 said, Do not give the devil an opportunity. Do not give the devil an opportunity. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The effects of the righteous on a city or church is great. Note Solomon Gomorrah with me. In Abraham's time, Abraham prayed to God that if there were 50 righteous people in Solomon Gomorrah, would he destroy it? God said, I will not destroy it if there's 50 righteous people in two big cities that were Sodom and Gomorrah, sinful, sinful cities. But God said, for the righteous sake, I will not destroy it for 50 people. So Abraham thought, well, since I made it that far, I might as well go a little further. So he went on down a little further and said, God, what about 40? No, I won't destroy it for 40. Abraham got all the way down to 10 and said, what about 10 righteous? Will you spare the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah for 10 righteous? Now, I don't know what Abraham was thinking about, but I think he was thinking about Lot. I think he was thinking about his nephew that was in that city. And if God's going to destroy it, that means my family's going to be destroyed. God said, no, I won't even destroy it for ten's sake. In Genesis 18, 20 and 21, listen to what he said. And the Lord said, because the cry of Solomon and Gomorrah is great and because their sin is very grievous, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it. Talking about the sound of the city coming up to God. He said, I'm going to go down and check on it. I'm going to see if it's what it looks like, which is come unto me. And if not, I will know. Of course, we know the answer to that. We know that it was not. We know that God told Abraham, talking to him, I am going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Abraham was amazed that God would actually go so far as to not destroy it for ten righteous people or five righteous people. What I'm saying to you this morning is there is more of us in the city of Blytheville, Arkansas, more of us in this church house than 10 righteous people. There is enough of us to change the direction of this city. There is enough of us to change the direction of this church. There is enough of you to change the direction of your family. All you have to do is buckle down and put your prayer life into place and do the things God would like for us to do. At this time in this sermon, I want to take us on a quick journey. You may not call it quick, but I'm going to take us on a quick journey. And I want us to look at some things and I want you to do all the best you can do. I want you to the best of your ability to hear each point from here on that I make as it relates to your life, to your city, to your town, to your community, to this church. Repentance is warfare. Repentance is a type of warfare, number one. Jesus told us that we are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. But he also said the salt can lose its savor and the light can be hidden under a bushel. We want the first, not the last. We want the first words. 
If we are praying for someone who is struggling with a sin and, and that sin is also present and unchecked in our own lives, our prayers will be powerless. They're of no value whatsoever. Until we repent, we will not be able to help them pray the prayer of faith. Repentance is a major weapon. Repentance is a major weapon against Satan, against spiritual darkness, spiritual weakness, spiritual warfare. It's simple. If I repent, it's simple. If I repent, I break the powers of darkness immediately in my life. If I repent, I break it immediately. If I obey God, I hold the devil off. I put him on a run. If I'm moving in unbelief, I make room for him. But if I exercise faith, I cut him off. The second way to wage spiritual warfare, number two, praying on location. This is a good one. You need to get it. Praying on location. Spiritual warfare that I mean by this, what I mean by this is that it is, it is doing spiritual warfare when you walk up and down the aisles of this church. I walk up and down the aisles of this church. I walk up and down the aisles of the gym back there every week. At some point in time, sometime I can't get in the church right here in this spot because they're busy in here. So I go to the gym. If I can't walk in here, I go to the gym or I wait till later hours and come back. What I'm saying is spiritual warfare, when you walk up and down these aisles praying for God to bring deliverance to a service that's going to come up, praying for people going up and down your street, just walk up and down your street. If you're embarrassed to do that, then do it in your mind. Just in your mind while you're praying, walk down to the end of the street and come back. Oh, Brother Rigney. No, seriously. Seriously. Pausing as you go along, led by God at certain locations to pray, walking throughout your home. Some folk don't know how to do that. It's the best thing you'll ever do. Locating high places when you're walking and praying. Hmm. I can't stop like this. I got to hurry. Praying for God to give us our strategy to each situation and place. I believe in spiritual cleansing of your house. I believe in spiritual cleansing of the church house. I believe in spiritual cleansing of the Sunday school class. If you teach the Sunday school class and it's not going too well, then get in there and pray over it. Pray for the spiritual move of God in your Sunday school class, in your bedroom. If you and your wife can't do nothing but fuss, with or without your companion, get in your bedroom and pray through. It's just good old-fashioned, down-to-earth, old-timey gospel preaching I'm doing this morning. Hello. That's the reason you ask an old man to preach. Driving out the devil... And his spirit, in the name of Jesus. I was preaching revival. I don't know why this popped in my head. I was preaching revival in, in, um, in uh, that didn't pop in my head, just in my thought. 
in Mississippi, McGee, Mississippi. I was holding a revival, and there was a couple, young couple. Looked like, looked, like, looked like they were 25, 30 years old. And every night when I started to give the altar call, this young couple got up and come to the altar and knelt at the altar. Nobody else come, but this couple did every night. I went on for a week. I thought to myself one day praying in the church, I was praying and I said, God, what is wrong with this couple? Something's wrong. They seem on the, on the, on the surface, everything's good. They pray, they worship. They don't never miss a service. They've been here a whole revival, not missed a night. What is going on with this couple? God said tomorrow night, when they come to this altar, said you go down and speak to them and say to them, I want to go home with you tonight after service. I thought, oh, I don't know about that now, Lord. That just popped in my mind. I knew, I know when things pop in my mind, whether it's God or not. You should be that way too. They come to the altar like they always did. I went down and knelt down, got close to him where I could whisper, nobody could hear. I said, say, I said, uh, what about me coming home with you tonight at a church? Have a little snack. Okay, Brother Rigney, come on. Make a long story short, I went home with him. And when I walked in the door, a terrible, terrible feeling came over me. It was like, it was like darkness. It was like, I don't want to stay here. I don't want to be here. And immediately I realized in the spirit that something was wrong in this house. And I said, y'all got any oil in this house? Any kind of oil, just any kind of oil. I said, if you got olive oil, good. That'd be better, but any kind of oil. Yeah, we do. What you going to do? I said, I'm going to anoint y'all. And I'm going to anoint myself. And then we're going to anoint this house. I said, we're going to start in the living room and we're going to take every room till we get to the back room. Now, I didn't know nothing about their house. I had never been there. And we started praying. And the closer we got to the back room, the worse this spirit got. The heavier this load got. The darkness seemed to just settle in. And I knew that in this bedroom, whoever's in this bedroom is causing the problem. And there can't be nobody in this bedroom if you can't see them but the devil and God, and we're going to run out this guy that's making this bad feeling and leave this good feeling in here. And we anointed that room and prayed for it. The next night at revival, when this couple come in, they were just smiling from ear to ear, holding hands, and didn't come to the altar normally. They didn't come. They just come walking and praising God and shouting glory and told me, after service, said, Brother Rigney, we don't know what was in our bedroom. That's where we sleep. But said, it's gone, whatever it was. What are you saying? Spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare is necessary. We must remember the importance of seeking God, being led by him in such activity. We should not form a whole theology around rocks and trees. That's not what I'm preaching. I'm not preaching forming some kind of theology that is a devil under every rock and a devil around every door and a devil in every room in our house. That's not what I'm preaching. That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying to you, we break bondages over territory only as these bondages relate to people. We break the bondage of territory. If you're having bondages in your house, then you have the power and the authority as a believer to break those bondages. They don't have the right to stay there. They may have been brought in by anything, but you have the right to break those bondages. Psalms 101, 8 said, every 
every morning, every morning I will destroy all the wicked of the land so as to cut off from the city of the Lord all those who do iniquity. God said, I will meet with you every morning and I'll cast out, I'll cut off everything that works against you. You sitting in this building and you got something working against you? This sermon is for you. God done it just for you. Just for you. Remember that most the devil can do is roar when you're in charge and God's in charge. Unless you submit to him, he will resist. He will, we will resist him. He will run from us when we resist him. Help me hurry. Number three, I ain't got but 12. <laughs> preaching, preaching is warfare. What I'm doing right now, the devil don't like. What I'm doing right now, he hates with all of his heart. What I'm doing right now, he can't stand because he knows that there just might be somebody sitting in this building that's going to get free. There just might be somebody sitting in this building that's going to enter into intercession prayer for a loved one or for a son or for a daughter or a husband or a wife. Somebody is sitting in this building that needs strength and needs deliverance and God's given it just for you. Preaching cannot be separated from spiritual warfare. One sure way of getting rid of darkness is to turn on the light. That's what preaching is. It's turning on the light. He's pulling the switch and turning on. If the church is to be called to do anything in this community, it is to preach the gospel. Not just Pastor Danny, but all of us. We have the right to preach the gospel wherever we go. The devil does all he can to keep the church from preaching the gospel. He wants us to tell them feel-good tales. He wants us to speak all around these kind of things and go on about our business. But God God knows that we can get bondage. God knows we can get bound. God knows the devil, if there is evil and there is good, and it seems like sometimes evil is winning. But can I tell you, God never loses a battle with the devil if we will surrender ourselves to him. Acts 8, 5. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Jesus. And the people with one accord gave heed to those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirit, just cause he preached. When I come to this pulpit this morning, I expected if there was any unclean spirits in this house to get out. I have no intention of preaching to unclean spirits and let them be comfortable. Oh, y'all don't hear it. For unclean spirits crying with loud voices came out of them that were possessed with them and many taken with palsy and that were lame were healed and there was great joy in that city. Don't you know we need some joy in Blyville, Arkansas? Don't you know we need some freedom in Blyville, Arkansas? And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world. Hallelujah. You're not going to be able to stop it. It's going to happen. Number four, reacting is a way of spiritual warfare. The way we react is spiritual warfare. How so, pastor? Bad things happen to good people. As the Bible says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but... The Lord delivers him out of them all. Psalms 34 and 19. 
adversary is part of life. The book of Job is a picture of how things, bad things can happen in the life of a good, faithful man. Yet, Job defeated the devil even though he was not guilty of anything. But bad things happened to Job. In the midst of his suffering and confusion, although he didn't understand, Job was able to say with confidence, I know that my Redeemer lives. He, we, don't, we, we know why things happen to us, but regardless of what happens, we should be able to say, God is in charge. God is going to be okay. No Thessalonians 5.18, Proverbs 3. 5 or 7. I know I'm talking fast, but I got to to get through. Everything gives and everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto, those, unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall dis direct thy path. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. He's telling us get rid of these things, do these things and there won't be this darkness that is always around. Satan tries to prove to us us, that God fails us. When you, when you have different things happen in your life, in your home and in your family, Satan, the first thing, Satan starts tricking you and talking to you and telling you, oh, you thought, you thought God was good. You thought everything was going to be Look at you now. Look at you now. The doctor just said you're going to die. But God said in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God. Have a right reaction. Defeat the devil. Number five. Setting captives free is spiritual warfare. When Jesus told us to go into all the world and preach the gospel, he also told us to cast out demons in his name. Yeah, that is scriptural in the Bible. It sure is. I know you could cast out a devil. Yeah, you can. We're not to assume every human problem is some demon. We do need to see that people develop bondages in their lives that needs to be set free. Deliverance should always be linked to repentance and healing, pulling down of strongholds is only important if people are led to Christ as a result. Fasting. Here's one we don't like. Fasting. Spiritual warfare in fasting. Fasting is a tremendous weapon against the enemy. I read a lot nowadays about fasting in a way of losing weight. Well, here's your good way to lose the devil and gain spiritual weight. Hello? Isaiah said, is this not the fast that I chose? to loose the bonds of weakness, to undo bands of the yoke, and to let the oppressed go free and break every yoke. Break every yoke. What are you going through this morning? Get a hold of some of this. If we have a loved one we want saved and we're getting nowhere, then call a fast. Call a fast on yourself. Call a fast on your house. Ask anybody to help you fast. Number seven, giving spiritual, giving as spiritual warfare. You may wonder what, what in the world does giving have to do with spiritual warfare? I'm fixing to show you right out of the book. 
You already know it. You've heard it, but I'm going to show you. Bring you all the tithe in the storehouse. Now there may be my house and prove me now herewith. God said, when you do this, just earlier this morning, we proved him. I gave my tithe. Naturally, this scripture was on my mind because I've been with it all last two or three weeks. When I dropped that in that bucket, I was proving God. He said, prove me now herewith. If I will not open you the windows of heaven, I expect heaven's windows to be open on me the rest of the day and the rest of the week because I proved him with my tithe this morning. I'm not preaching on tithe, but it's a good time to do it. He said, see that I will not open you to the windows of heaven and pour you out blessings that there shall not be room enough to receive. And I will, and I will, oh glory, this is shouting ground now. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. And he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. Another one of my crazy old stories popped in my head. I don't have time to tell it, but I'm going to tell it just in case it jumped in there because somebody needs it. My baby sister, when she was just old enough to run along, we, we lived on a farm. We burnt the straw. We had lots of pines. We burnt the straw in the fall of the year. And we'd been burning straw. And my dad went out to go check on something in the field. And she saw him going that way. And she took off after him with her little old, she had one of them little old nylon. Back, back then, they, they, these are can-can Nylon things, you know, they, I mean, it's like gasoline, them things was. I mean, they burn good. Guess it's made out of protein, pro, pro, petroleum of some kind. And she decided to stop where we was burning, and she caught on fire. Nobody knew it. And finally, Dad was way out in the field, and he happened to hear a faint cry, and he turned around, and he saw her blazing. He broke and Difficult for me to tell this. Wish it hadn't come to mind, I guess. <laughs> he broke and run, and, and he had, had on an old suit coat. It was a little chilly. He was pulling it off all the time. Had to climb a fence, barbed wire fence, run into her, and as soon as he got to her, he put that coat around her neck, keep the flame from away from her face. The only place on her body that didn't burn was her face. She burned all over until you could see her Insides working. Burn a hole clean through on the, on the shallow parts of her stomach. She stayed in the hospital weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and months and months and months and months, and months a year. Mom and daddy never left the hospital. That meant all us kids had to do the cooking, cleaning on our own. Of course, we didn't have no money. We were turpentine farmers. Didn't have no insurance. They didn't even heard of insurance then. The hospital came after so many weeks and said, Mr. Rigney, said, we've got to have some money. 
said, we've spent X number of dollars, and they told him how many thousands of dollars. Well, daddy couldn't even think about that many money, much money. And said, we need it next two weeks. We need you to come up somehow with some money. I can see him right now. Little old short fella. Wasn't very tall. Small. Walking out that field by that fire, where that fire was. I know what daddy was doing. Daddy was praying. Daddy prayed. God, I don't know what to do. Here come the office rainstorm that night you ever seen. I don't know why. It wasn't supposed to rain, but it was raining. Lightning, thunder. And a car drove up in the yard. That's unheard of at that time. Most folks didn't have a car in our neck of the woods. And this man drove up, tooted his horn. Daddy went and opened the door, turned the porch light on. He got on walked to the porch. He said, Mr. Rigney. He said, I don't know you don't know me. You probably know my name. I said, that's about all relationship men you have. But said, I was driving down the road today. And said, I'm not one to say God spoke to me. He said, I don't know if God's ever spoke to me or not. But said, something spoke to me. And said, go give Mr. Rigney some money. He said, he needs it bad. He said, I'm here to give you some money. I don't know what it's for or nothing. He didn't even know that the girl had been in the hospital. He brought daddy money. And daddy went straight to the hospital and gave him that money. And I don't know how many times that happened. What I'm saying is that giving, giving, daddy never failed to pay his tithes in his life, what he had to pay. But when it come down to he couldn't do it, God done it. I'm telling you this morning, church, God's word never failed. The devil is involved in the economy right now, and this will increase. Revelation tells us in 1317, when the incarnate devil comes, the Antichrist, he will, he will be in absolute control of the economy. He will direct financial powers throughout the earth. Satan is interested in finances. He knows our selfishness of money. The love of money affects every area of human life. Greed is the very foundation of Satan's economic scheme. Therefore, the greatest weapon against Satan for the Christian is giving. No matter how small or how large, if his heart is to give to God, the Bible said God is going to take care of him even in these times when Satan is trying to do everything he can in his power. Number eight, unity of warfare. Unity of warfare. Unity is warfare. Unity is a powerful means of warfare. It is one of the biggest factors in the unseen realm. Jesus, Jesus said, go ahead and fall. Jesus said, if two of you agree on earth about anything that they might ask, agreement, agreement is powerful. Mom and daddy, learn to agree with each other on things that you're going through. Learn to agree with your children. Learn to agree with the church. Learn to agree with the pastor. Plenty of folks will fight. Learn to agree. When we fight and have any part in breaking up relationships of the body of Christ, we give the devil great advantage. The wolf will always separate the sheep to devour them. We must refuse to be part of division. Church, we need to not be divided. 
We must work in unity for our community. We must agree that our community can be better. We must agree that our church can be better. We must agree that people can come to God in this day and hour in which we're living. Number nine, the weapon of signs and wonders. We should seek supernatural manifestations of God's Holy Spirit through our lives. Jesus spoke of Holy Spirit as a force flowing like rivers from our innermost being. Don't discount the Spirit of God that dwells in you as a child of God. Every individual in this house that is born again, the Holy Spirit of God, the third person of the Godhead is dwelling in your life and in your heart when you walk along in Walmart, when you walk down the street, when you drive to your job, wherever you go, seven days a week, 24 hours a day, the Holy Spirit is an abiding presence in your life. Don't forget it. I can't see that anyway. Serving is warfare. A surprising means of waging spiritual warfare is through loving service. The devil's nature is to steal, kill, and destroy. God's nature is to love, love, love. When we work at getting boxes of love together for Hondurans, the little kids that are in the, in the, that, that are, that are in the dump, do you think God doesn't even notice it? I can tell you, friend, he takes notice of it. When we do anything in our community, when they do the, when they do the um, whatever it is Brother Caleb got so excited about, when they do that, when Pastor Danny leads and they pass out all the food to the entire city, God notices. And it has a great effect. Warfare through praise. I wasn't here last Sunday, but I was here listening I was listening I don't know what it was but I thought last Sunday the praise team done the best job I ever heard them do they may have thought not but where I was at it was good it was good and I said to myself I wonder if Pathway and myself appreciates the praise and worship like I'm thinking about where I was at. I said, if we don't, we need to learn how to pray for our praise team. Warfare through praise. The Bible has much to say about praise defeating and driving back the powers of darkness. If you look in 2 Chronicles 20, you will see that what praise and worship did when they began to sing and praise. The Bible said, the Lord set ambushments against the enemy and they won the battle. Last but not least, come to the music, please. Praise team, come as well. The last weapon I want to talk about, and I've had to skip a lot to get to here. Endurance. Endurance. Endurance is a powerful weapon. He that endureth to the end, the same 
shall be saved. We're a generation of quitters. You ever seen a lack of folks quitting? We quit our places of leadership. We quit our, our marriages. We drop out of our church. We, we get hurt and discouraged and quit. We quit our jobs. We don't know this is part of the warfare. This is part of the warfare. Devil getting you to quit all the time. Just ain't worth it. Quit. For you have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. Hebrews 10, 36. Hallelujah. Awesome God. Satan is in constant hope. Satan is in constant hope that God's people will give up. How many of you have you ever heard say, and I'll just say the last year, in Bible, Arkansas, how many of you ever heard say, this city is done for, it's goner. It ain't never gonna mount to nothing no more. If we all keep taking that attitude, that's the truth. But we can turn it around. You say, Brother Rigney, surely you don't think Blyville can be turned around. I do. There's enough churches in town to turn it around if we just get together. There's enough of us here in Pathway to make a difference. All we got to do is just get together and pray the prayer of the same thing. If we stick it out, the devil won't. If he knows what we will endure, he will give up. He's a quitter. It is in this weapon of endurance that finally convinces the devil that he has to give up. Job said, though he slay me, yet I'm going to trust God until the end. And they... Nobody looked worse than Job did when he said that. Too many Christians quit minutes before the victory. To be a Christian is to be a spiritual warrior. You've got to fight spiritual warfare. You're going to deal with it every day of your life. How many of you want to leave this building this morning knowing that I've learned enough that I will take charge over the thing that's killing me and my family. I want to see your hand. How brave are you? A lot of hands. A lot of hands. A lot of hands. How many of you will put into practice some of the things that you heard that really affected your situation? Let me see your hand. Brother Kyle, can you leave where you're at? Come up, come up front. Brother Caleb, uh, I want you to come up here too. Uh, I want you to come too. Where is, uh, looking for somebody. Brother, brother, uh, brother, Sister Mesa, come over here. If I don't call your name, you just, you just, if you, if you're one of those persons that feels, feels anointed to pray, you come too. Brother Keith, I want you and Carolyn come up, come up here. I'm asking these to come up here so that you won't be intimidated from being up here by yourself, but I want them to, I want them to pray. Now, I've been praying two weeks 
over this sermon. I've spent two weeks every day praying over this sermon, over what is in this sermon. And I don't know nothing except my own family and a few of you that have said to me, pray for me about this, Brother Reedy. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know the turmoil that's taking place in your heart and life. I don't know the battles you're fighting. But God does. And God's desire and will is for you to leave this house today with feeling freedom in your life and heart. That your situation is under the blood. I put it there. I want you to get up and I want you to come and come anywhere in the front you want to. You don't have to come to one of these people. If you come to one of these people, they're going to help you pray. You can tell them your situation or you don't have to. And we're going to believe that when you leave today, you're going to leave different when you came. Would you stand? Singers, get ready to sing. And I know I cut you short there a little bit, Sister Michelle. you're fighting a battle, come on. I don't, that don't mean you're not a Christian just because you're fighting a battle. That don't mean you're not a Christian. You're just in a warfare. And you want a little help. Come on. Come on. Come on. I had assurance before I got here this morning that God was going to help somebody in this house. I may not never know it, but God said He's going to do it. And I have enough time behind me in this work to know when God impresses me about something it's going to happen and if you're going through a situation if I were you I would not hesitate to come because God's already put his promise on it if you come if you come God's already promised God's already ready to take care of your situation hallelujah Hallelujah. God, touch our hearts this morning. Let us see a vision of understanding, God, that you're ready to help us. You're ready to cleanse and make whole. You're ready, God, to break a yoke. You're ready to break a bondage, Lord. You're ready to destroy, God, the process the enemy is using to hurt your people. God, you know every heart and life you know what we're going through. You know our difficulties. You know why we don't do something about our situation. You know everything. I'm not hid, hiding anything from you. God, let our hearts be spoken to this morning. Let our lives be turned around. Let us walk out of this building today and say, I was glad I went to church today. Don't let us leave this building, God, with fretting. Don't let us leave this building, God, doom and agony on me. Let us leave this building, God, with victory in our veins, with glory in our hearts, with a refreshing God that we didn't have when we come in this place. Do it, Lord. Hold up, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for everything you're doing. Thank you, Jesus, for everything you're doing. Thank you, Lord, for every problem that's being brought before you this morning. Take charge over the Holy Spirit.
take charge over the Holy Spirit. Tear down the walls. Tear down the barriers. Tear down the strongholds. Yes. Yes. Somebody else needs to get up here. God's waiting on you. God's waiting on you. You need to get up here. Bring your problem up here. I don't have to come up here, Brother Rigney, to get my problem solved. Yeah, but coming up here is an act of faith on your part. Oh, have your way, Holy Spirit. Have your way, Holy Spirit. Oh, Holy Spirit, have your way. Have your way, Holy Spirit. Have your way, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, have your way. Come and the battle is over. Thank you, Who's here? Who's here that's close to Tony? That's, that's kin to him? Or whatever? Anybody? Sister, sister. Mary, Mary, come up here as well. Y'all stand in. Y'all stand in for Tony. They just like Tony's here. Go ahead. Brother Caleb, Brother Caleb, come over here and pray with them for Tony. They standing in on behalf of Tony this morning. You may be here this morning and you, Sister Sister Jeanette's already down here. You have cancer. You've been said you'd have cancer. You come up here at this time as well. Somebody else told me this morning they're going to have to have surgery. Who was it? Sister, Sister Cobb? You probably done been up here. Come back. Sister Cobb, come back. Yeah. Get over here with this group. Sister Cobb's going to have surgery. Going to have surgery for cancer on her lip. You stretch your hand this way. Thankful that you don't have no problems. But stretch your hand this way. When people got problems, it's serious. It hurts. Hold on, my house. Oh, yes, Lord. Wherever Tony's at right now, God. Right now, Lord, wherever he's at, no matter what, on the road, driving, still in, still in Mountain Home, wherever he's at, God, we want you to touch him right now. We rebuke this cancer. We rebuke this cancer. Oh, oh Sister Mary, Lord. Oh, God, oh, Sister Cobb. Lord, we take authority over this cancer. We rebuke it in your name. We rebuke it in your name. We rebuke it in your name. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Oh, glory. 
Oh, glory. Oh, glory. The battle is over. King will Kingly is here. Kingly is Battle is over. Oh, yes, Lord. Battle's over, Lord. Send your spirit throughout this house, Lord. Send your anointing throughout this house, Lord. Break up every yoke and every bondage. Set us free, God. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. The kingdom is come and the battle is over. Yes, Lord. Send your healing, Lord. Send your healing power, Lord. We believe it, Lord. We grasp a hold of it, Lord. We take authority in your name, Jesus, by the authority of the Holy Spirit that lives in us. We declare it done, Lord. Holy Spirit of God. Holy Spirit of God. Holy Spirit of God. I don't usually do this, but there's no doubt God didn't just speak to me and tell me to do this, not do this, say this. I don't talk about it. Many of you, most of you know about it. But when I was a young preacher boy, sent to New Jersey to pioneer a church, you might get a little out of this word, brother. Pioneer a church, I got sick. I didn't know why I was sick. I just kept losing weight. Till I got down a little old skinny man that I'd like to be now without being sick. 128 pounds. Come to find out I had cancer in the chest. Eat a hole out in my chest. Darlene can verify. And one Sunday morning, I couldn't preach several Sundays, but that particular Sunday, I could barely whisper. And our little church at that time, we'd gotten up to about 25 members. And I stood behind a little white podium, and I said to the church, I can't preach this morning. What y'all do is, y'all get together and pray. Pray for me. I'm going to go to bed. And... I said, but before I go to bed, y'all pray for me. They're sitting in their little chairs. They're not an emotional people like I grew up. But they love God with all their heart. They're the crying kind. Oh, sister, uh, what was the first couple that made us welcome? What was her name? Oh, shoot, Annette. I don't know why that happens. Anyway, she started crying real quiet, real quiet crying. It was as quiet as a pin in the house. She started crying. After a while, you heard another weeping. After a while, you heard another weeping. This was at 10 o'clock when Sunday school was supposed to start. At 15 after 12 is when I realized I was still standing behind the pulpit. 
But when I come to myself, whatever it was I was in, Brother Keith, I knew I was healed. There was no physical sign I was healed. But I took my two fists. Stupid, I suppose, but I want somebody to know I'm healed. Brother Caleb, I took my two fists and beat myself in the chest where they knew that nobody could touch me. I couldn't even stand for a touch. I could barely stand for my clothes. And I beat myself in the chest and I said, See there, Sister Thurman, I'm healed. Healed. Hey, listen, that, that hole was still there come Monday. And I had a, had a district meeting I preached. I told them I was healed. But I was evidence didn't say I was healed. Long story short, week gone by, I'm still saying I'm healed. But there ain't no sign I'm healed. Was it on Saturday morning? I think it was on Saturday morning. I got up and went in the bathroom and leaned over the and leaned over the sink to brush my teeth, to spit. Don't want to irk none of you out here for dinner. And a big wad fell out of my chest into the sink, and I knew that was that demon cancer. Within a week, all you could see was a scar. Today, you can't tell it. Hairs growed in that scar. Not that you want to know. I went on and built a church, built a congregation. To this day, I've never had no more trouble. Now, I don't go around bragging about that, but for some reason, God told me to tell that this morning. And somebody's in this building. There ain't no doubt in my mind. Somebody's in this building. You're struggling with whether this thing can happen or not. You're struggling with whether it's possible or not. You're struggling with whether God able to do what you want Him to do or not. I'm here to tell you and witness to you, God is able. Spiritual warfare is something you can win through Jesus Christ. God bless you. Have a good afternoon.